0: To a new edition of the Speaker Giga Podcast. I'm your host Steve Osteen. and I'm here with my host, my co, my co-host, my homie, my comrade, my uh, my Brother homie, from another mother, absolutely. Tommy T. Tommy T. In the building, and also shout out to G, of course, yep. the host, co-host, the yep. mad scientist himself. Yes, sir. The artist formerly known as G Woodbury. Hopefully he's going to be in the building today. But if not, it. that's cool. It's cool. But we'll see. He might make it. It'll be lovely. But we'll see. see. Uh, <laughs> today we got a great show for y'all. It's album review time again. I know yes. y'all love that. Clap it up. Do clap it, it up. <laughs> and uh, of not course, not man. Okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so This week, I'm sure there's no secret. We're reviewing Kendrick's album. Yep. It's just what it is, man. The new album from Kendrick Lamar. We're going to be talking about it today. We're going to be having a great show for y'all. We're going to fan out about this album. Yes, sir. And you know what I'm saying? We're going to say what we're going to say. Also, of course, we're going to bring you top five what's in our speakers, as well as the news for the week. So, like always, man, get ready to enjoy this ride. Yep. Yeah, wherever you at, take a deep breath. <laughs> Sit back, relax, put on your seatbelt. You've never been on it. a ride like this before. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Well, unless you've been listening to Speaker Geekers for a while, yeah. man. then then you have. Then you have, but, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So, let's get into it. Let's Yo, man, how's your week been? The week's been good. Celtics are mm-hmm. in uh, Eastern Conference. <laughs> Conference finals playing the Heat. Um, so it's kind of been like a, you know, little rivalry thing going on. Uh, we, me and Steve, has talked about this uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, and you know what's crazy is when the game came on Tuesday night, Yeah, I didn't catch the first half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I came in at the third quarter. And I was like, oh man, we went it. came in, uh, in cool. at a thrashing. Yeah, I came in <laughs> when they had scored like 22 points 22 two. in the third quarter and kept the Celtics at two points in the bro, third I quarter. But we went on a run, nine to like two run. I was like, yeah, y'all up, sure, like, we like 13 points? Uh, no, it was more than that, I think. Uh, yeah, it was a 15, 15 points. It may have got the 15, yeah, to 15, like, but it was up to like 13 points in the second. That was a swing.
1: But 13 points ain't
0: really like... I'm talking about in the third points. quarter. Like, oh, third quarter was domination. Yeah, All I saw was still, 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 still. And it was like dumb, too. I was like, yeah, you can tell we're missing uh, some players. Walker Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Because those plays don't happen. Oh, yeah, and Al Horford. You know? Either. And then the mishmash with uh Butler and uh, what's the guy's name? Pitcher, Pitcher, Pitchard. I don't even oh, like, well, I like him, but I be feeling like he's too cocky. Well, and he makes a three. I'm like, you're a professional. You should make a three. I mean, he can celebrate a little bit. Like, he can celebrate, but it's like, get back on defense, man. You ain't did nothing special. Like, you're a shooter. <laughs> okay. You shoot. Yo, your job is to shoot. Shoot then. Get man, back on defense. Look, um, I was thoroughly happy about what. I know you were, right, man. Saw. win is a win. Absolutely. But um, I did watch, you know, the shows earlier and I normally don't. Normally I'm I'm only talking about it because I'm out here with you. Yeah. You normally know, I like, wouldn't talk, but man, right uh I was like, dang, man. Stephen A was like, man, I, I got the sell this at seven. Uh unless you know what I'm saying, uh, certain people don't come back. And I was like, I was like, dang, is everybody mm-hmm. just really thinking it? We gonna lose this series, Bro, Like, like I told you before, you got some sleepers on that team, and I like completely underestimated Oladipo and his important, like, like mm-hmm. how important he is. Like, you know, you're gonna get Jimmy B; he's gonna get buckets anyway. Then yep. you got um, Bam, who is a dominant big man. Yep. Then you got Tyler Hero, who's coming off the bench. Yep. Like like those three, right? And then Kyle Lowry is probably not going to play. Um you got Oladipo and PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker has been here. Yeah, plenty of time. So it's like the experience right there. So man, I mean, I think it's going to be a good series, a great series. Um me personally, I want the Celtics to win like early. Um but if it went to a game 7, I would be mad about it. I'd be super excited, but I really don't want to go to a game 7 with Miami because it's Miami. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like, hey, hey, I'm 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 here for the ride. Yeah. You seen what we can do to the two previous teams that we played in the playoffs? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know what? I like being an underdog right now. Yeah, I definitely do. So, you know, hey. Well, I like that joint too, man. But, you know, it is what it is on there. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the show. <laughs> the I game. told y'all he would. You didn't believe me, did you? You didn't. <laughs> you and it, I told brother. you. he's back. <laughs> <laughs> like, cook crack. Yeah. Like, two, like two, three. Wearing the four five. Come back. Like two, three, wearing the four five. It ain't to play with you. It's to aim with you. Blow you to smithereens. Hey, I want to hear Denzel Washington say that whole verse. That's crazy. All the, all the guy that impersonates Denzel Washington say that verse. That, yeah. I'm back. What the not wearing? The you can't two, do it, five. Steve. <laughs> the two, three. But the four five? Not to aim at you. <laughs> I mean, That's I'd funny. have messed it up already Who cares, yeah, you don't know what I meant yeah, I know You ain't gonna believe this, man We ain't even made it to the
1: top five yet, man was Not, after. No, I, do, I do believe it, actually That's the thing I do believe that you ain't made it to the top five. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I said when I came here to see that I said, watch, they ain't even done nothing yet They ain't even really got nowhere <laughs> No, we was just saying hello Yeah, see <laughs> <laughs> See I mean, we passed the intro, though. We
0: just, yeah, on, we passed you know, the intro. Bus, weeks, you know. man. Yeah. So, next next stop was, you know what I'm saying, top, top time. five. Perfect. Perfect
1: timing. And that's, bro. yeah, yeah, the right. perfect timing
0: to hop yeah. on in to the top five, man. And since the man is back, the curator of the Speaker Eagle podcast official playlist himself, we'll
1: let you flesh. handle this today. Oh. Yeah, man. In the flesh. flesh. Bro, top five, top five for the week, bro. Top five for the week. I'm gonna kick it off because yeah. I already got all ready and everything. I'm gonna kick it off. Go ahead, um, do your thing. First of all, I um I got a chance to check out Luke um from Dreamville. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you got an album that's called Gold Mouth, and mm-hmm. like I think it's the first song on there. It's called Life. And um, it may not be the first song. No, it's not the first song. That was another song. But no, I put life on here. Life is the 11th track on the uh, on the album. It's a real smooth album in general. But like life was the one that kind of stuck out to me. So I put that one on there. So y'all yeah, go check that out. And then of course we got right into Kendrick Lamar, bro. And I did the back to back Rich interlude going into Rich Spirit, just because I like uh listening to the Kodak Black interlude and then going right into Rich Spirit. Because Rid Spirit is it's been infecting my ears, bro. Like mm-hmm. I've been I've been singing that shit everywhere, bro. Mm-hmm. I, just, mm-hmm. I really have, bro. Um what did my say? <laughs> what did he be saying that I can't stop saying? It's uh it's uh because now I'm I'm thinking of the other song. Now I'm thinking of uh the one with Kodak on it where he'd be like, push these niggas out of me, like, hmm. I'm, like I'm not yeah, talking about that like, one. I'm talking hmm. about the other one. What's the you said? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. Like, I love that shit. That shit. Cool. That's hard. Yeah. That's so hard, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so after that one, then I got uh, Count Me Out off the same album, The Miss Morale and the Big Steppers by Kendrick Lamar. And then I went back to Big Crit, bro. Big Crit live from the underground, bro. Like, I ain't listened to that album in a long, 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 long time. Yeah. So I went back to that joint and I listened to um, Praying Man, where it was featuring B.B. King. Mm-hmm. That's a real cool track, because I forgot how he had broke it down from like the different people's perspectives. It was like a a, a man hanging from a noose, talking to somebody that came and cut him down. And it was another guy that was like running away from like the plantation. And then it was it was one more guy that had like jumped off of one of the boats from yeah. um, Africa and it, he just kind of bring you into their mind state. It's a really cool song. And I had forgot all about it. I was like, damn, this shit was bumping. And then um, the last track, because I, I I did six instead of five, was also from Live from the Underground. And it's just the Live from the Underground reprise. And so it's like the last little joint. It just sounds real country as hell. It's a whole bunch of, like, instruments and shit. You get the harmonica and stuff in there. And I think he featured his grandma voice in there as well. Mm-hmm. It's just it's real good, bro. It's real good. So that rounds it out for me. We had the stuff from Luke, Kendrick Lamar, and then we also had Big Crit for this. So, um, Steve, I saw you had just posted yours in the Slack. What's your top five for the week, man? All right, man, my top five, of course, man, It's going to be kind of
0: Kendrick. we not Kendrick heavy, but I got two records from Kendrick in there. And, yeah. you know, the first one is <laughs> N95. And this is like the second record that comes on. Yeah. And it sets the tone of the album, like the the intro sets the tone actually, but this song right here, just the way it comes in from, you know, what I'm saying him talking about, I have a story to tell to it dropping to like mm-hmm. everything he says in the song to the beat, like that song's ridiculous, man. And the fact that it's called N95, would you know what I'm saying? Is the mask that everybody had to wear. And then within, you know what so that am well, saying? they was telling you to wear. And then within the song, he's like, take off the foo-foo, take off the, he's telling you to take all the, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, it's like, man, the song just hard, man. I, it just, Kendrick is amazing. That, <laughs> that's really all I can say. Yeah, um, and then the second song, Silent Hill, this is the one with Kodak on it. Yeah. Uh, that you were speaking about. And but do you about me like, hmm, yeah, like and then when <laughs> he does that is 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 a moment of like you you have to chuckle at it because he's like push them niggas. I me like, hmm. and you're like, man, it's kind of funny. But listening to the song in its entirety, it fits so perfectly and it's bumping out the frame. And yeah. like, like always, Kendrick is so strategic within his records. It's something in there, but he uses that small piece to grab your attention. Yeah. But the, the beat is flames. Kodak does his job well. Mm-hmm. Throughout this entire album, actually, uh, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if Kodak was supposed to like, hosted more throughout it, but I, I wonder what, how did that whole... We'll get more more into it uh, about Kodak and Kendrick, but it, it was just so amazing, and then the song itself is, is incredible. Um, from there, man, little Baby, in a minute, I feel like we've put this on top five before, but yeah, hey, <laughs> I couldn't remember, so I'm putting it on mine, and I just kept playing this record back. Something about this record is just ridiculous, like the beat, and I know the beat is kind of it reminds me of a Drake beat somewhere in there. And but little baby rapping over it, the way he goes there. It's just a fire song. It's like perfect for the summer. Like if you want a championship song, like you done done something amazing, are you pulling up? This the record you put on. Uh you know, it just is, I don't know. In a minute, it's hard. Period. Uh from there, future, keep it burning, featuring Kanye West. I, I think Kanye and Future might. Do some really good music together. This song was fire. I'm kind of interested to see. Like, I, I don't think they're gonna do like a whole album. Then I don't think we can take all that. That's just that's scumbag season on <laughs> level seven thousand. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: but I think this song is really, really dope. It is Kanye mixed with Future is something about it that uh, caught my attention and just sparked and I was like, man, it's hard. That's hard. So, yeah, I had to put that on there and that's one of the go-to songs for me off that album. Um, The next song is a song that I ain't really heard nobody talking about but I used to really like Red Cafe back in the day. Mm -hmm. So, this song is Red Cafe, fabulous in French Montana, Spirit of Ecstasy. I came across this on the... Just a regular singles list that you that that be on there on uh, Apple Music. And when I caught it, I was like, oh, okay, okay. So everybody actually came with it, even French, believe it or not, that's came funny. with it on this record. <laughs> and it's just, it's just a hard record. I think it's right in time for the summer. So we'll see what happens yeah. with it. Um, but that's if it, you know, we'll see what happens. But I really, I really like this record. So I want to know what everybody else thinks about this record. And just like G, I did six songs. I just had to because this is. <laughs> Record here caught me by surprise, and I love it. It's by uh, Go Go Morrow. Dang, I'm about to butcher your last name. Moro It's a Morrow, M O R O W. Go Go Morrow. It. Yeah, it's called In the Way. Yeah, listen to this record. All right, it's nice, man. It's a real nice R and B record. Uh, beautiful record by this young lady, and I, I, I truly, truly enjoy it. So. Hey, man, that's that's going to round out my top five or top six for the week. Yeah. Um, I guess it's on to me now.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I would let you... Know. you okay, okay. Tommy, down there in the ATL. <laughs> Bruh, what's on your top five for the week? Bruh, Kendrick. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole
0: Kendrick, the whole album. <laughs> the whole damn album, man. Oh, uh, Literally, I didn't listen to anything but this album. Mm -hmm. Um, What we got, I was going to put Rich Spirit, but you said it already, but I'm going to say it again um, because it's it's different for me than Mm -hmm. it is for you. Um, Purple Hearts, Kendra Lamar, Summer Walker, and Ghostface Killer. Um, Oh, Ghostface killed it,
1: man! Yeah, that was a surprise,
0: man. Ghostface murdered it, man. (laughs) Um, Auntie Diaries, um, that song is so, so much of a story that a lot of people don't have to go through. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But same concept of thoughts when it comes to the you know trans community. Um, Father Time. Yes, that one just kind of like touched me in a way. You it's know a very personal song. song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Worldwide Steppers. I mm-hmm. mean, Steve talked about that earlier. The reason why, and we'll get into it later. Um, and then just so it won't be so dominated, um, A Long Walk by Jill Scott. Um, <laughs> Jill Scott is like my like celebrity, singer, crush. I mm-hmm. love Jill Scott. You know, so um, I was on my way to work one day and this came on. I was like, I know I got to have a top five and I didn't want everything to be kindred. So that's my little cherry on top. And that's going to do me.
1: <laughs> N95. You say what? I said, y'all seen the video for n uh, N95. No, I saw no, it was available, yet.
0: but I haven't watched it though. That's surprising. Check it out, man. It's 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 there's a lot going on
1: mm-hmm.
0: as usual for Kendrick. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna check it out as soon as we're done. Um, <laughs> Actually, <laughs> man, so with that being said, with the top fives all done, man, we're gonna jump into this news. Actually, Steve tapped out with the news today, man. But um before we talk about anything, Steve put in because I don't have much. Um, I did want to mention this uh um the shooting in uh Buffalo. Yeah. because um, I think it was completely messed up. Um and what I know of it, I'm not reading anything, I'm just kinda going off of things I've heard and stuff. But um so basically the other day, a eighteen year old kid shot up a grocery store, um and it like, in a Black neighborhood, essentially, you know what I'm saying, in Buffalo, and apparently he had things written on online, he was uh, streaming things and stuff like that, where somebody should have stepped in and been like, wait a minute, are you okay, you know, type of deal, like, what are you planning, type of deal, and um, it boils down to the fact that something about I've seen things tied back to like Tucker Carlson, like uh, for Fox News, where he's talking about um, people taking over, like the white man is not going to be the white man anymore and stuff like that. Um, Crazy situation, sad situation. I hate to hear about these things, especially when it comes to kids, because you remember—I know you guys remember—the elementary school up in uh, in the north somewhere, and then Sandy Hook. Yeah, Sandy Hook. That was the yeah. saddest thing I've ever experienced in my life. One of the saddest things. And I was like, man, that's we have to do something about this. Um, I feel bad for the community up there and I also feel bad for that, that 18-year-old kid just because um, things that adults say, things that adults do affect kids in a manner that as the adult, we don't see it. You know what I'm saying? We don't know that these kids are actually looking at us, listening to us, and doing what we're doing, you know? Um, That's why I, I feel like it's a responsibility as an adult, especially as a Black man, to show, to live a certain type of way, to move a certain type of way, and do things in a certain type of light. You know, I'm not perfect or anything like that, but just so you, like you think about the children of today in 10 years, they're going to be, they may listen, they may see you, they may emulate something that you do. And so you have to be on point with that. And it, if anybody's listening or, you know, or something like that, just kind of check yourself where you are, you know, to help prevent things like this from happening. Because another sad thing about that is, it's a food desert in that community. I think that, you know, they were saying that there's not many grocery stores in that community. And that's like one of the major grocery stores and people don't want to go. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you guys, well, Steve, I know you know about it a little bit, but food deserts, um, that shit ain't cool, man. Like to think about it, if you don't have a car and the closest grocery store is 20, 25 minutes away, Mm -hmm. That's tough. You know, knowing that you need food, you got to go to the grocery store and you need food to get there. Most of the time, food deserts are in poor neighborhoods. So Mm -hmm. think about that. Um, I know I kind (laughs) of brought the the mood down a little bit, but we're going to rise it back up. Uh, Talking about some other stuff, but I just kind (laughs) of, I couldn't go on here and not mention that, man. I don't know if you guys want to add anything. I just kind of wanted to put it out there. Uh, okay, I'm gonna take the silence. as said no. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> um, Steve, you brought, you put in the Slack Freddie Gibbs fight video from alleged assault and robbery in Buffalo of all places. Did you yeah. see this video? Did I? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Do you see this video? That's not a video. Yeah. Um, so it was said that allegedly uh, Gibbs and uh, Benny the Butcher been beefing and Ben is from Buffalo. So when Freddie got to Buffalo and he actually performed, it's, it's crazy because he got into this uh, this whole big fight and then went on stage to perform afterwards after it as well. So uh, man I don't know man. I, f- I feel like Freddie's just too old to be getting in these situations because it seemed to be happening more and more for him. Yeah. But, you
1: know, yeah, yeah it's a tough one, man. That's,
0: That's a crazy tough one.
1: one. <laughs> yeah. One of, my, um, one of my homies from high school on Twitter was like, bro, this is ridiculous. You need to get some allies, bro. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. what? <laughs> it's happening way too often. You need to get some allies. Way too stop, much, man. Stop showing up places by yourself and just being a target like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if he was,
0: if they actually got anything, because then I, it's another video down further on the TMZ where he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, you know, they said he stole the bunny chain, but then he's at the jewelry store with the actual bunny chain. Like, nah, produce it if you got it, because it's right here. So I don't know if they actually robbed him or not, but I'm, uh, uh, I agree. He need to get, like, Get you some allies, get you something, anything, because this is happened way too often for Fred. Yeah. Just way too often. I do commend that he went on to perform still, but mm. yeah. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. They might gotta it. do a better job of like <laughs> everything, really. Like, like, why, like, why, like, why does like, he have I'm all, all these beats? so much damn shit all the time. <laughs> that's like, why. <laughs> like, just stop talking so much shit and you won't have to worry about this. Yeah. It don't seem like he used to. Right, like
0: he didn't used to. I don't really re- recall him doing this as much. At least, in, you know, what I'm saying except for the Jeezy situation, but like not with like a bunch of, you know, say a bunch of other artists. So, yeah. yeah, you just gotta chill, man. Just chill. It's wild, man, because you think about it, he, uh, he's getting his shine right now. Like yeah. this is his moment. Maybe a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, and he's still riding that wave. But it's like, ever since he got to that platform, um, it's been problems. Yeah. Like that's a that's not good for the business, honestly. Just because it's like, nobody's gonna wanna book you. Mm-hmm. You know, after a while, because they're gonna associate you with with fights and violence. You know, so. You folks gonna uh, trade the truth his ass. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Um that's crazy though. I didn't see I'm gonna watch the video after this. Um, next on the on the docket is Mark Cuban and Lil Wayne had a few words for each other. I don't know what Wayne said, but Cuban was like, it's a shit show, put you front row. Um Wayne called Luca Ho. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> started with that. He, yeah. I was yeah. like, man, but did, did y'all see that game though? <laughs> Well, he did is like before. I think before the he game. Before that game, right? And of course, Luca and lit then them Luke up. came out. <laughs> oh my god! Put <laughs> them in a sent them home packing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He gave them. He <laughs> he realized put a, pulled the a daddy move on them. Man, is 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 Wayne a Phoenix fan? He's a no, he uh, Chris Paul friend. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so uh, I hate Chris Paul. By the way, <laughs> we had that discussion.
1: <laughs> Have y'all been seeing uh Patrick Beverly talking shit man, about? Man, I've
0: been trying to catch all
1: of it. Man, he been <laughs> on ESPN <he was laughs> all week.
0: He was on today.
1: <laughs> Cash shit about CP3. Oh man,
0: I do not like him at all. I don't
1: at all,
0: and. It, it's. I think it's like a lot of people in the NBA that don't really fool with him within the like M- NBA. I've seen Marcus Cousins. I think it was last year. He was on sidelines and he was yelling. That's why nobody mess with you. you yeah, I'm saying.
1: I remember seeing that. Yeah, it.
0: and a lot of people kind of. Yeah. So I don't know. I know I'm not a, a CP3 fan at all. I feel like he just. I don't know, man. He's crybaby. Yeah. Does unnecessary stuff sometimes? You be like, man, just play the I game. See, and look, I still put him in my uh, top three of point oh. guards of all time. Oh. So. Well, G here, I told him <laughs> that is absurd. <laughs> he said he put CB three in his top three, and when you got people yeah. like Magic Johnson, Allen Iverson, Rayshon Rondo, and, and and a list of others, and he said he's gonna put CB three in his top
1: three. I still I still don't really understand why people be so much in awe about CB3. Yeah. Um
0: like I, I didn't get to see
1: him play much when he was younger. But like from what I've seen as of late, um, which kind of is to Patrick Beverly's point, it's like it's not super impressive. Like I know his resume, like I think mm-hmm. he like stats wise, when you put up like, oh, okay, numbers, and then you talk about like his impact on the team and stuff like that, people have made those arguments and they'd be like, yeah, he goes in and he does a good job and it makes the team better, that kind of thing. He can kind of take a team to the next level, except to get a championship. Yeah. You yep. don't take them to get no championship. They just become a better team than what they were. Um, but at the same time, like, you ain't got no championships, bro. Like you've been in the league for like my whole damn life almost. You ain't got no championships, bro. Like, what's going on? And I remember uh somebody tweeted the other day and they was like, I hope CP3 gets a ring, he deserves it. And then that's when Patrick Beverly was like, why he deserve it more than anybody else? Like, <laughs> and I was just like. He kind of got a point. Got bro. A point. Yeah, he, he got, got a point. It's a great participation trophy, bro. Not, you don't need to just be like, I was in the league for 20 years, so I automatically get a championship. Like, Vince Carter will tell you. Like, that is not how that works. <laughs>
0: a lot oh. of people that play with Jordan will tell you. Yes, <laughs> definitely not.
1: But I did,
0: like, bro, my number, one, my number one is John Stockton. But he never won a ring. Came close, well, plenty of times. A, you
1: just got a faulty list. That's all that is. That's, that's yeah. what
0: it is. It's just a faulty, list. Just that's a faulty list. That's, that's it. Right. I can I can dig that. Yeah. I can dig that. Because it, it's my list. So but it's okay though, because you just yeah. talking about
1: like playing styles and stuff like that. It's cool. Like maybe yeah. you just enjoy watching them play basketball. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. You know,
0: that's it. But John, I, I always thought John Stockton was like once I really started paying attention to how it should be played, I was like, dude, this dude is awesome. Not taking anything away from magic because I think magic was a magic, magic to me was, was
1: a, magic, uh, was a <laughs> magic was a, <laughs> five, six foot nine, bro. Like a point guard. But he couldn't shoot though.
0: But magic was a magic was that player that changed the game mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. You know, so yeah, he was a point guard on paper but Magic was LeBron before LeBron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, I don't want to say he was Jordan before Jordan, but I mean, he was the, Jordan probably learned some things from Magic. I'm sure he did. You know? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's why, I, like, when it, when I talk about point guards, I don't bring up Magic, but, you know, it is what it is on that for me. Um, Y'all got any more news? That's all I had. If y'all got I think, something.
1: I don't think so. I don't think I got anything else. Nah.
0: <laughs> Go check out tunnel. that new uh, the new Max O'Cream video where he shouts out Jay-Z and uh, I heard the that? song. Yeah. I yeah, heard I the song. I got to out. I didn't see out. the video. Yeah. Go check that one out. But yeah, that's all I got.
1: Yeah. Um, Max O'Cream. Yeah, the song dope. He and on, uh, to on the, tour right now. <laughs> yeah, I said he on tour right now because he I'm was at the kitchen. He was here. But I missed it, of course, because it was like it was like two days notice. Yeah, <laughs> I saw it on Twitter and it was like going on tour. And then like the Houston show was like the next day. The next day. <laughs> I was like, I can't fucking make that. <laughs> too soon. Nah, it
0: yep. was way too soon. Um, um, and then shout outs to all the winners and shout out to Janet Jackson at the Billboard Billboard Awards. I forgot about the Billboard. You, you just yeah. asked me about that. Yeah. I hate watching an award show, man. They said Diddy was terrible.
1: They say he was terrible. Yeah.
0: Like he, he was just talking about himself. Um Wasn't Was he funny. the host? Yeah, he hosted it. Oh, I didn't know what he would do. I just saw him on uh, him and Travis Scott was had mm-hmm. some interaction on Instagram. Nah, he hosted it. But I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible, man.
1: <laughs> nobody ever
0: watches nobody. World nobody. World shows anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um Let's get into it, man. This is what I've been waiting on, man. Cause let's go, man. Like I feel like, you know, this Kendrick Lamar album, I've been waiting on it since he announced it. Um yes. we had some doubters. We they had right, right, right. We had some doubters in the uh in the slack, Steve. Yeah. Uh <laughs> well, what about me? What did I do? You, I didn't do you anything. I doubted that the album was was it you too, Greg? Yeah, it was me too. Damn, both of y'all was like, nah, the album might not come out. It's like, nah, it's going to come out. <laughs> it's his last one. It has to. Um, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is a two-disc album, or can can we even say
1: two-disc? That don't make sense no more. No, it doesn't. Nah. It doesn't. It's a double album. It's an 18-track album. <laughs> pretty
0: much (laughs) um how long is it it's like an hour and 13 minutes that's what I like about Apple Music they really just put like everything you need to know at the bottom of it um last album for Top Dog interested to see if he's moving on from music or if he's just going to another label or doing something different so interested in that um Initial thoughts on the album, guys. First reactions?
1: Yeah. I got mine wrote down somewhere. Man, so I had to go through a phase. So
0: my first (laughs) reaction was in the car with my wife. And I'm be honest, my first reaction was kind of like, all right, I wasn't really digging it that much. Yeah. I was kind of like, This is kind of interesting. And I was like, huh, okay. And when I got to we cried together with my uh with my wife in the car. She was like, turn it off. I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was like I was like, okay. <laughs> hey, so is that the one they was uh arguing with each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The most trigger probably the- gonna be the most triggering song. Ever in life,
1: probably. Uh, so like I switched everybody. to the next oh, you one. listen to one time, and then you ain't really gotta listen to it again. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: and then I think right after that was Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. And when I heard Silent Hill, I was like, okay, I like this. All right, this okay, this is it. So, but eventually I ended up turning it off. So mm-hmm that was my first initial reaction was kind of confused of like, I don't know if I like it or or not. So the next day, which was Saturday, I was cleaning the uh, house, cleaning the bathroom. So I listened to it in a different setting. I listened to it in my headphones. That's when it clicked. It was like instant. It was like a whole different feel, Mm -hmm. a whole different like experience. And I was like, Oh, this fire, this fire period even listening to we cry together again i was like this is incredible so yeah and then from there i've just been listening to it so my i guess my initial first reaction was confused so let me figure out how can i listen to this album and then eventually i got to this album is incredible yeah what about you
1: greg Man, okay, I, I found thought. my uh, initial thoughts because I was writing them as I was listening to it when it first came out. All right, so I wrote down a beautiful arrangement of sound, sounds and voices, cinematic feel, fresh subject matter, relatable, relationship turmoil, good features, cold temperature, um, frustration, psychological examination, um, Kodak Black doing poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh right. <laughs> writer's block for 2 years. Yeah. There's something about that uh Racks on Racks on Racks cuz he used that fucking flow in there on one of them songs where he was like Rex on like some yeah. and I was like Racks on Racks on Racks okay. <laughs> uh, and then on uh Silent Hill I put uh Kodak Black although he could not ride the beat to save his life. That's a good verse from him. Yeah. Um <clears throat> And then I like the orchestra hits on that song. I like how they like do the little orchestra hits in there. It's real nice. Um and then like as like a overall thing I put sounds like Kendrick retreated to his own mind with the expectation that it would be comfortable and familiar. However, what was once considered a refuge became unrecognizable. Kendrick began broadcasting live as his observations became thoughts and his thoughts became poetry. Mhm. That's what that's, I got my first That's time. deep, bro. Real yeah. cold as fuck. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, I was like, as you were saying something, I was like, my initial thoughts was none of that that you and Steve said. <laughs> my initial thought for this album was like, I remember, like I said, I was like, man, this is this was going to be an art, artist's masterpiece, right? I was like, this is not even going to be rap. It's going to be a like a Art, a masterpiece, a signature piece. Right? Yeah. When I listened to it for the first time, I was like, "This is trash, straight up." But I was like, "I, <laughs> oh, I don't goodness. like it." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, the, I couldn't get with the beats because you know me being a southerner. You know, I'm trying to. You know, my little my little beating the car in the truck, just trying to you know bump it out. Got my little bowl system. Uh, earbuds. Yeah, I'm trying to hear, feel the beat. Couldn't feel it. Um, You know, so I'm just listening to it. Just going through it while I'm working. I'm like, man, this ain't it. This ain't it. So, um, I took a ride. Like, me and, like, we all just took a ride somewhere. I don't know where we went to. And I just had that going. And um, listening to it then, I was like, ah, that thing hit me. And like I, I remember anticipating because I didn't get a chance to listen to it all the way through um before I said that. And then I was like always anticipating listening to uh what's the what is it, Silent Hill with Kodak Black? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because first time ever I was like, I'm waiting on Kodak Black, see what he does, he does in here. Because for me, I didn't pay attention to Ghostface Killer was on there. Or mm-hmm. Summer Walker. I knew she was singing on there, but, you know, that's as far as it went for me. But the rest of the folks that's, like, on there I really don't know. You know, <laughs> I've heard of uh, what is it? Uh, Sampha? Yeah. I think that's how you say it? Mm-hmm. I heard of that uh, that one, her, or him, but never, like, listened to their music. Um, But, yeah, that was pretty much the only one that I, like, Baby King, but you know, mm. I just feel like for a long time I thought Baby King was uh Kendrick Lamar. Really? Like, it's the dumbest thing in the world I know. But like <laughs> when they first came out, like when he first came out, I was like, they sound so much alike to me, mm. you know. But um, yeah, that was my first initial thought, man. I was like, damn, man, what the hell, you know. Yeah. But and like it was a consensus there, man, because yeah, that's what Steve said too. It's, but it's, it's, just, it's like Steve said; he was more subtle. Mine was just like, "Nah, this ain't it." <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I felt that in
0: my heart at first. <laughs> I knew it was something there, so I was because I, I I I didn't want to turn it off. Yeah, but I I was, but it wasn't like it's like it's like I was hearing it, but my senses wasn't firing off like they yeah. should for me yeah. to like it. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like I don't want to turn this off because I know it's something there, but mm-hmm. whatever it is, it is, it didn't line up with me yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, why isn't it? And uh, so really changing the scenery, mm-hmm. you know, changing that setting from the car to just my headphones for me to have that personal feel with it made me, that's when it clicked. Cause I was able to listen to it personal, you know what I'm saying? in that personal, that personal space, uh, with the mm-hmm. headphones. And then if you think about the album, it is a personal album. He's being as personal and as vulnerable as possible. Yeah. So it's not an album for a large setting. It's an album for a small, intimate setting with, you know, say either you or another person or mm-hmm. just you in whatever zone you're in. That I believe. Yeah. So I think when I change my setting and, you know, say to what, how I would want to listen to an album, I think that's when it click. Yeah. So yeah, I think, you know what I'm saying, I think that's why it uh did what it did for me. Mm-hmm. Uh for you it's interesting cuz you you went to the car and yeah. then something there. So I wonder if it was I wonder what it was that, you know what I'm saying, when you got to the car, was it cuz you was at work listening to it, right? Yeah. So maybe you left that, you know what I'm saying, left that environment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying to and got to a environment that you were at peace at mm. and was able to listen to it freely. Yeah. You I know? think that's what it, what it was was, uh, I heard him, uh, I think it was, uh, worldwide steppers when he was talking about him, fu- uh, fucking, uh, the <laughs> white girls. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. I'm racist. And, uh, cause like you, Steve, I knew it was, I'm missing something, you know, while I'm listening to it. And so, you know, you're looking for those, Hits those things that he's putting in there, you know? And uh, I heard that and I was like, what do you mean he thinks he's racist? You know, that sparked the interest in what he was saying. It was like, he thinks he's racist and his ancestors are like rejoicing or something he said like that. And I was like, okay, okay, think about it, think about it. And this is what I was looking for. When mm-hmm. when it came to artistry, because like even what's the what's the songs uh uh the heart or something like that, the heart part five, the yeah. heart part five. Even in in just watching that video and listening to that song, it's like what is he saying? You know, mm-hmm. what is it? What is his meaning in this? And and I was like, that's what made me think that it's gonna go beyond rapping, just rapping with this album because it was going to be a deeper meaning to a lot of the things uh, that he was talking about. And that's something that I was looking forward to talking with you guys about in some of the songs, because the songs that I say, Oh, I like the most were some of the topics that I've personally had to deal with. Like mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> Father Tom, when he's talking about, um, you know, Father Time is like one of my favorites on the album when he's talking about you know, his experience with, with daddy issues, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, recently I've come to the realization that I have daddy issues, you know, um, and we can talk about that later. If y'all, you know, just curious, but um just listening to that song and then relating it back to my own experience about what I feel about my dad, not the same as he is, but mm-hmm. just my feelings towards, um, my dad I kind of that's my relation to it so it's like damn I'm thinking about deeper things and other things on a deeper level listening to music and if uh, Greg I think me and you have talked about this is that you know with music I think I was talking to you about it when you was like it was something you was, had said in your music but just the music moving a person in a different direction that um, its intention is to do that. You mm-hmm. know, the lyrics of that song is to move you or make you think more so than what we hear today. Bitches, fucking money, drugs. You know, like, um, and I appreciate music like that. Um, what were some of y'all's or what, what were some of y'all's favorite tracks and what was the cause to make that your favorite track? Let's kind of get into some of those.
1: Man, I already told you, bro. Like, uh, <laughs> it's 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 literally just because uh, I, I I'll say like Rich Spirit is definitely one, mm-hmm. um, and then also, um, what was it called? Silent Hill. We just said Auntie Diaries. Auntie Diaries. I'm gonna get into that a little bit later too. All the time. Um, she count me out.
0: Mm-hmm. And yep. I like both of the
1: interludes. I like the one with Kodak Black and the one with Baby King. Like I got like both of those drinks. What do you like say? Quit them. tap dancing. Yeah. Quit <laughs> tap dancing around the conversation. Yeah. And then We Cry We Cry Together is another yeah. one. That's really strong as well. And then that one's strong for like several reasons. We're gonna touch on that right quick. All right. So <laughs> We Cry Together is um because I've I've watched a bunch of like reviews and shit at this point too. Yeah. So not just like listening to the the um, not just listening to the album, but also watching other people review. Their yep. listens to the album and stuff like that, and something that was like standing out about "We Cry Together" is like it feels like a drama for real. Like it mm-hmm. really feels like you watching a play or something, and these people are like talking back and forth to one another. And then it was cool because I found out that the lady that's featured is an actress. She's hmm. not a rapper, so like the whole time before she I looked that at this stuff, yeah, before I before I looked at the um, like who it was, I thought it was Rico Nasty because I was like this sound like fucking Rico nasty. It's the, it's the raspiness of her voice. I was like, it sounds a lot like Rico. And then I looked at it and I was like, that'd be kind of crazy to have Kendrick and Rico on the same track. But Mm -hmm. it was the other lady, her name is what? Uh, Taylor page. I think. Yeah. uh, Yeah. She, she just did a really, really good job. Like just really good job. Um, it was presented (laughs) in a, ridiculously good manner because like i'm i'm imagining a living room and these people like going at it and in this living room just like mad mm-hmm. going at yeah. it and i was yeah. like how they capture this feeling into audio file like how did you get this into audio like this yeah. without because there's no video camera or nothing but it sounds so vivid yeah um and so it kind of speaks to what you were saying about your expectations, Tommy. When you were saying like you expected it to be like a piece of art, mm-hmm. like that's the kind of stuff that I feel like makes this a piece of art. Um, and that's something that just Kendrick is really good at doing. Like his, yeah. he's, his. I even said yesterday on Twitter, I was like comparing him to uh, the voice actor Phil Lamar, which I thought was hilarious because I'm like yeah. Lamar, Lamar, but it's like <laughs> Phil Lamar is like this black voice actor that played all the fucking black cartoon characters you ever heard of, yeah. uh, including Green Lantern from Justice League and shit. And it's like, this man played all these different voices and he got all these different voices. And I'm like, Kendrick is a lot like that, bro. Like, mm-hmm. he he got all these different voices and inflections and tones and he'll whisper, he'll talk like a little baby, he'll get, like, aggressive. Like, he do all these different things with his voice. His presentation is just, like, yeah, ridiculous. It's like, crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I at one point would say like um when it comes to like delivering your voice, I always thought of like Ludacris as like elite level, yeah, and like Buster Rhymes is like yeah. elite level, and like he up there with them, like with the voice thing. Like yeah. it's just crazy. Um, so um, I don't even remember what your original question was. I don't Handling <laughs> and shit. I think hey, you man, asked she's like, What's some it. of your favorite tracks? And like, why did you like, like them? how did you get there? How did how did this become
0: or what was it that was like? Yeah, this is this is what it does for me.
1: Yeah, I think also um, just like him having fun, bro. Like the mm-hmm. one, like rich spirit, like I was talking about, and he was just uh, it just sounded like he had a lot of fun. Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. even like you <laughs> in that voice. Like what is that voice? Stop playing with me before I turn you to a song. <laughs> like it's gonna track deal. I was like, what is you talking about, bro? <laughs> <laughs> But it's such a cool track, too. Like, the beat is perfect for what he's saying. And he really has something to say. He's not just, like, playing around on the track. Mm -hmm. He's just using that playful voice to get his message across. Like, I just feel like he's very calculated with all of the ways that he uses um, the music, the voices, the beats. Like, riding the beat certain ways, (laughs) the different flows and stuff. Everything always just seems like he did it on purpose. It don't seem like he just went in the booth and started rapping. but that's what I got. Yeah. Yeah. That uh as you was talking about uh We Cry Together, I thought about
0: his uh his his verse in uh, Mona Lisa with uh, Lil Wayne. Yeah. I think it's on a uh is it Cardify? I think it is Cardify. Yeah. Man, he did an amazing job like with that song. And I you know that's a remake. Um, Slick Rick did Mona Lisa originally. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know. uh yeah. Fun fact, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, like he killed it, you know, and it was a show it was basically he put on the show for that lyric or that mm. that verse, or whatnot, and uh, it just that just popped up in my head, but uh, same question, you, Steve, how did you get to your favorite song, and like why is it that uh, yeah, that's a. That's a heavy, uh, <laughs> heavy answer to that question, because like I said, I had to listen to two listens yeah. uh, just to get to to get to even to really enjoy the album. Mm-hmm. So, you know, first off, I had to go through that first listen of being completely confused. Yeah. And but getting the Silent Hill, which is is one of my favorite records in that confused state to being like, oh, that's it. You know what I'm saying? To be like, okay, okay. So it ain't told. So, so there is something on here that I truly enjoy yeah. and getting to that record, then turning it off and then getting to Saturday morning where I turned it on and the, and the first record that, you know what I'm saying? The, the intro that comes on, like it kind of instantly clicked, uh, was pretty much kind of the process. But Silent Hill was that song to be like, okay, Yes. Now we cried together grabbed my attention because if it wasn't for my wife wanting me to turn it off, you know, I wouldn't have because I uh because I was enjoying the creativity of the song. Mm. Just like uh G was just saying, like if you look at what they did in that song, and one of my homies was like, Man, this is like the new stand song. And so mm. I saw him put that in there, and I was like, What? So when I listened to it, I was like, OK, it has that kind of that format, but not but it's not that it's yeah. not even close because it's just like G said, like instantly. Like one of my homeboys, Pule, he put up a video on Instagram saying that he ain't been in a relationship like that or anything, but he could visualize it completely. Mm-hmm. I have seen this relationship with my own eyes. So for me. You know, you got to have a strong mind to listen to this song, because if you don't, it is very triggering. So for some others, they may not want to even touch this song. For me, I can visualize them relationships where I've seen this happen and I'm fine, but I'm literally picturing those two people and Mm -hmm. this happening as I'm sitting there on the couch, like just kind of my eyes moving back and forth like, oh, Mm -hmm. uh oh, uh oh. (laughs) And <laughs> never been this, in that type of situation <laughs> it's it's happened I've been some everywhere and uh so being able to v- visualize that completely, but I knew there was some type of payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. It wasn't you know what I'm saying all the it was such a build up and all this drama going back and forth. I knew there was some type of beautiful payoff at the end and that's when we get to the end of you know what I'm saying stop t- tap tap around sit, you know what I'm saying the conversation yeah and I was like, ooh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. I love it. So that became one of my favorite ones on there. Uh, It's just going to be one of those things where you're like, all right, you got to take that one in moderation. You know what I'm saying? That's a Mm. song you probably listen to by yourself. Listen to the album straight through. It comes on, boom. It's not one of the ones where I'm just kind of consistently going back to, but just being able to power through and then appreciating the art of what they did on this record. I really feel like they did this in the same room. Yeah, they yeah. had to have. They had to. It was amazing, and you could picture it like no matter what, and to evoke that type of emotion. Mm-hmm. Even to the point that it's triggering for people that they tell you turn it off because <laughs> they can't take it. Is it's such a beautiful thing and amazing at the same time. And just like G said, I kind of visualize like you know we've all said that it's art, but I kind of visualize the album as a. More like a art museum where mm-hmm. each song individually is art by itself. You know what I'm saying? It's a painting by itself. So yeah. yeah, man, it is it truly is amazing. But from there, one song that uh I think we don't talk about it much is uh Die Hard. And I think that record was uh, and that's the one with uh Blast and blast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one has Blast and uh Amanda reefer reefer mm-hmm. yeah like. i don't i'm not too familiar with amanda reefer but this song is, is before n95 caught my attention die hard caught my attention mm-hmm. and i was like okay it's got a matter of fact i was playing it before we even started recording i think uh when when i first tuned in to, uh got on the live stream but something about that record was just it's pleasing it sounds great but the message within it the words and all of that is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like it's I don't know, man. It's just incredible. Uh and I wish I could bring up the lyrics right now. But you know, like like G just said, I don't think I think everything Kendrick does is strategic. Cause even the smallest thing to even just just like I said earlier when in in 95, like that was the name of the mask that they were telling everybody to wear. Mm-hmm. And then within the song, you know, what I'm saying he's talking about taking taking that off. And then, you know, if you go all the way down to Count Me Out, Count Me Out was another record that 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 is one of my favorites. And gee, I already hit it on the head with that one. But I mean, it's as motivational as it possibly can be. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it is, it is one of those things where you gotta really, really enjoy the creativity. It, it, you get to enjoy the creativity as well as the music at the same time. And a lot of people can't do that. Yeah. But Kendrick can so yeah, but yeah man, um, that's how, that's how I got to it. That's dope, man. I'm I'm glad we can come on here and talk about an album that I don't think has any flaws. Honestly, I yeah. I think this album does what it needs to do in the space and time where it needed to be. Um saying all that to say I want to dive into some of the topics that he chose to bring. To light in that um obviously we can see that Kendrick has talked to a therapist, which mm-hmm. I you know I think everybody should talk to somebody at some point in time in their life um he talked about his aunt is a man or uh changing into a man or or, or however you want to say it, he talked about that, then he talked about his cousin doing the same like that was. That was the thing. Like I said, explained earlier in in the episode was that's not something I ever had to deal with from a standpoint that he had to deal with. But I understand that those things happen in life today. And it's more Mm -hmm. prevalent today than it was during the time he was talking about it. Because he was Mm -hmm. talking like His uh, aunt, who became his uncle at the time, how the family hated him, how he wasn't accepted, how as kids they were saying uh, faggot, the F word, as he called it. Mm -hmm. Um, What else did he say? His cousin, like his cousin doing the flip and them being in church. And this is what made me think about it, because we always think about how critical and how church people or churchy people are more critical than like everydayers. I know that's not the word that they're called, but you know that's, that's the only yeah. thing I can think of. But uh, just the fact that, the mere fact that he brought that up and was able to put it in a song and able to make it say, make you think about, those things and how people may feel and how that could actually change somebody's mindset when it comes to, um, is it transphobia? Yeah, I think that's the word that's for the it. Word the, they it use. It's, yeah, transphobia. <laughs> Let's just say it is. Every it can change your mindset about transphobia and being trans transphobic. Um, I just thought that was amazing, and like his his. Albums are always um testy. It's always mm-hmm. gonna push the push the limit to something. But for this one, he showed a lot of healing. But then that particular song, he showed he showed a lot of growing up. And then he also showed family is family. And then followed that one up with uh talking about um his mom being molested, yeah. and her kept asking him. Yeah, I think it was his uncle. Did did your uncle touch it you? It was his cousin. Was yeah. his cousin. Yeah. Um, did he touch <laughs> you? Did he touch you? And how that affected him? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I just kind of wanted to hear y'all thoughts about that because for me it was more so of damn, I never had to deal with anything like that, but that's how it was. Like it, With people that were gay growing up, they didn't have an opportunity to Come out of the closet mm-hmm. for uh, quote quote unquote, um, and they they were accepted with limitations through the family. Mm-hmm. You know, it it was always a asterisk or something extra onto it. Yeah, that's your cousin. He gay, you know, or something like that. Um, just what was y'all thoughts when y'all heard that song and 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 everything? So. Uh shoot. Man, when I when well how <laughs> the the and the let me see. Uh what was it? Auntie Diaries, that's the one that that has Is that the one? Yeah, Auntie Diaries is the yeah. one about the transgender, right? Yeah. So <laughs> it's crazy cuz um, when I listened to Auntie Diaries, I heard it and I I I really just thought it was dope that he was talking about it, Mm -hmm. but it didn't. It wasn't the song that uh, uh, really touched me, right? Yeah. But the song that really touched me more was "Mother Are Sober," and that's the one way he talks about you know saying his mom being molested. Exactly, and so even, but you know, saying just hearing him talk about these, like life-changing events in, in both records, it makes me look at, it It makes me look at Good Kid Man City a little different. As, and, and the reason why I say that is because I'm like, dang, did I miss something in that album? <laughs> <laughs> or was I just so desensitized to what was going on? Because, you know, the, the one, one of the most famous um, interludes within the song was dang, you stumped a homie out over a bitch but And then they go back to the neighborhood and they shooting and then uh homie uh gets killed in the car, and they're in the car with him, and you're like, dang. like why didn't I feel you know what I'm saying even like catch that at first or really like like I caught it, but not how i have how I have uh caught the transgender aunt or uh him you know what I'm saying being pressured so much about the cousin touching him to the point that he like almost lies about being touched yeah. even though that he didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dang. You know what I'm saying? What did I miss? And you know what I'm saying? A, a few weeks ago, I told y'all in preparation to this, some reason I felt like listening to to Pimple Butterfly. Mm-hmm. And then within Pimple Butterfly, I heard Kendrick really tell us so much. Yes. <laughs> Must go listen to that again. But I really heard him talk about his struggles of what he went through as far as the industry and all of that. And I thought about even the name of the album To Pimp a Butterfly. Like something so beautiful, but yet you pimp it out before your personal gain. You know what I'm saying? So then when listening to this album, it's like, because through this album, he talks about the industry. He was like, the industry made the creators not creative anymore. And then to hear, then for him to deep dive into two records that get so personal uh, three records if we're talking about We Cry Together but really mm-hmm. the two records that get so personal for him as far as what his aunt you know what I'm saying his cousin goes through as being transgender to the family and then what he goes through uh, something that didn't even happen but as a kid but as his mom's actual personal uh, how it affected his mom personally him finding out later that she was touched in Chicago and never knowing and the protection that she wanted to put on him because they thought that, they really thought that his cousin, you know what I'm saying, touched him. It's just, it's astonishing to think. So it makes me go back to, you know what I'm saying, Good Kid, Mad City, and be like, dang, did we just gloss gloss over this as just entertainment? And then it made me think about myself, like, am I too, am I like really desensitized to, to some things? Like, I catch a lot of things, but did I really like gloss over you know what I'm saying, the topics that was in the other early albums just because of entertainment situations or just thinking, you know what I'm saying, man, this is fire music to get into this where it's like, sheesh, this is heavy, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think you did just because the intentions were different in, in in both of those albums. You can tell the intention in this album was to bring light to certain situations and certain things that he's had to get over Um, and it's interesting how people are different, you know, but they all go through the same situations. And that's something I want to ask you to better ask the question, Greg, is within this album, with all the different topics that he brought up, what were some of the topics that touched base with you that you understood on a different level that, you know, can bring? like I guess bring like it, you hit an aha moment or a moment as I know what you talking about. I can
1: feel that. No, like I think uh, like you said earlier, father time was probably the one that resonated the most. Um, Just because like my own history with like dads and stuff like that is Mm -hmm. is very it's different because like I grew up with my stepdad um, but it wasn't like my dad wasn't in my life. Yeah. (laughs) I saw my dad and he contributed well, and I still have a very good relationship with my dad. Um, I had to cultivate that relationship later in life for mm. real, like to get it more personal. Um, I was already an adult at that time. I had graduated college and everything. Yeah. And I had started like kind of, you know, asking about the family and trying to get to know my dad on a deeper level because it was like, I ain't grow up with him, so I didn't get to like ask those yeah. growing up. Um, but I think the thing about the song that resonated the most is the fact that like he had to really think about his dad as like a human being mm. and not as his dad. Right, <laughs> like, right, right. you know, parents <laughs> are like mythical figures yeah. for most of your life. They just like, oh, that's my mama. That's my dad. Or like even grandparents and uncles and stuff like that. They like mythical figures to you. you. You think of them as like nothing can happen to them. They can't mm. do no wrong, that kind of stuff. And then like as you get older and you start to put yourself in their shoes, like literally become the ages that they were. At certain points that you remember being a child and you like, mm-hmm. damn, so you was this old when I was this old. And now I'm that age, nigga, you didn't know what the fuck you was doing. <laughs> like that kind of stuff. <laughs> like, like that kind of stuff, like coming to mm. grips, coming to grips with like understanding that people are just trying to figure stuff out. And mm-hmm. like him giving me that reminder on father time was a trip. Cause like, I mean, people have told me that throughout my life, like. The first person that I I credited to was like one of my college professors. Uh, she was just like, she had to be like sixty some, maybe seventy some years old, but she mm-hmm. was um, she was just like y'all. Nobody ever figures it out. Like, yeah, all of one. us are just trying to like learn as we go. Like nobody knows. You don't never get to a point where you're an adult and you just like I'm an adult. I know it all now. <laughs> like no, it's like you always just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, And it resonated with me then, but like at this age, it's different because I've grown and matured a little bit more and I've seen a little bit more so I can kind of see what she was trying to say. Mm -hmm. Um, So like listening to him talk about his father in that way, it just really humanized his dad. Yeah. Um, Because it was like, especially the part where he was like, his dad's mom died and then he went went back back to work work, like the next day and then he was like, I asked you why you went back to work and you was just basically like, Hey, this is what I gotta do. Like, You gotta get paid. These bills ain't <laughs> got no silver spoon. Yeah, hey, like, hey, nigga gotta go to work. Cause that's something that um my my own dad, I've always like paid attention to with him. Is like I'll call him on his birthday and I'll be like, What's up, man? What you got going today? He'd be like, I'm on my way to work. And I'd be like, Oh, your way to work. Like, nigga, right. work. I'll call him on Christmas. Like, birthday. what you doing? Like, man, we just ate. I'm gonna go to work. Like, nigga, damn. Like, take 10 minutes and And like enjoy life before you go to work type of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And as I've gotten older, like he's kind of falling back on that a little bit more because, you know, he's getting old. He can't go to work all the damn time. Mm -hmm. Um, But growing up, that was a constant. Anytime Mm -hmm. I talked to my dad, that's what he was finna do. He was on his way to work. Or if he wasn't at work, he was at home doing something Um, just a fucking workaholic because, you know, that's the expectations for like a guy. It's like we don't have like those quiet moments to kind of just like chill. You're not supposed to, so to speak, yeah. have like quiet moments to kind of chill and reflect and those kind of things, which I think is like the testimony of the track father time, because Kendrick is in a position where he can actually sit and reflect, which means he mm-hmm. can learn from things he can learn from his dad's example in a way that his dad probably wasn't able to do mm-hmm. because his dad was too busy fucking working. Like Kendrick literally was able to take off for five years. Yeah. And like, I'm just going to figure out shit for five years. Like he, he started the album, I am talking about some 1,855 days. Like, bruh, I ain't did shit for <laughs> 1,800 days. So I can really think. And he was like, be afraid. Cause it's like, nigga, I've been really thinking about yeah. this before I got into this thing. Um, And that's where you get this album really. But that's like the thing that res- resonated with me most. And then of course, like you said, Mother I Sober is another one where it was just like, damn bruh. Like, is <laughs> what did he say? He was like, "It's that was commonplace where we from. Like for moms to have suffered abuse, like that's yeah. just what it was. Is that's how people got down, um, mm-hmm. which is something that it's just hard to talk about, hard to think about when you think about how many like children are abused at all. <laughs> period, yeah. especially like young girls, young black girls." Um, are abused all the time and it just kind of be glossed over Um, yeah it just kind of do be glossed over and it's it's sad as shit when it's like direct because I can remember um, back it probably was like 2015 and we used to meet um, and one of the little girls that was a part of this mentorship program um, she had a friend and her friend was like pregnant and she probably was like All of fourteen, and it was like by an older guy, of course. And it's just like, bro, this is fucked up, bro. Like, yeah, it's it's terrible. (laughs) Like, right, right. Like, what you mean is this older dude got her pregnant, type of thing. But nobody was doing anything. Nobody was saying anything. It was just like that's just what it is, type of thing. Like, it's not just what it is. Right. That's not not right. right, (laughs) Like, no, no, not at all, bro. Um. So. Yeah, those are the two things that probably stuck out to me the most. Of course, like the trans thing was was something. Um, it was it was like it struck a chord, but it wasn't like new necessarily. Yeah. To me. Uh, like yeah. I was talking to my homie DeMichael, who um, I went to college with, and he was saying, "Friends the pod, yeah, yeah, <laughs> slick, slick friends." But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that man he had just he just recently moved from Ohio to. Portland, um, Oregon. And he was like, for the first time, he actually like saw a trans person in person, like Mm -hmm. in his life. And he was like, I ain't never seen like a trans person in real life. Um, Mm -hmm. He was like, it was just a different experience, like actually seeing somebody that's not like on the internet or on TV, that kind Mm -hmm. of thing. It's like, this is a real thing. Like people really are trans out here. Um, Mm -hmm. And it just made me reflect on my own experiences when I was like part of Black Lives Matter in Memphis and shit. and we. And it, it attracted people like that, like just yeah. people want to work for you know human rights and things like that. And so that's where I got a chance to like meet different trans people that like I would have never got a chance to experience that they existed had mm-hmm. I not been a part of that. Cause to this day, I probably have not run into any other trans people anywhere. Yeah. Because they just they have like a different kind of like different kind of expectations put on them as far as like where they can and can't be pretty dangerous for him in some places It's it's just a different life. So like mm-hmm. everything that he was describing in the song and talking about like that, how the family was like kind of, you know, not OK with it and stuff like that. I just I just imagine that's what these people that I've met have had to go through as mm-hmm. well um, yep. It's because I can even think about myself like being like real, you know, skeptical, like um, when I first met these people um, and just being like, this is different. Like yeah. never seen before, yeah. never been around a, a trans person before. Um and like trying trying not to like consciously sit there and like overanalyze the situation and shit. Um it's it's a different experience. I mean, of yeah. course, once you once you've done it, you know, once or twice, it's like, okay, I understand that these people exist type yeah. of thing. It's not mm-hmm. a big deal no more. But the first time, it's it's not. <laughs> it's not it's not yeah. It's not something that you, like, used to at all. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, that's no. it. I am going to say that's the, I think that's the beauty of that song. Mm-hmm. And that's one, one reason it stuck out with me, because for all of us, like, well, for me, I can't speak for you guys. Like you said, hadn't had time around a trans person. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Hadn't spent time, hadn't even thought about it. You know, because that's not something I'm interested in. Um, Do I have a problem with them? Absolutely not. You know, and taking the approach and I'm just thinking about it from the family's aspect of it because back in the day, growing up, gay person, trans person can't be them truly, their true self. Yeah, And like right before, like it's crazy. I think it stuck out the most because me and my wife were talking about The fact that growing up, gay people couldn't be gay growing Mm -hmm. up. Like they had to be something else. And then, cause like you see some of the, the gay guys and girls in school, in high school, you was like, they're real boyish or they, or they kind of feminine. But then when they get to become an adult, they come out the closet. Mm -hmm. They're free. You know, they're able to be themselves. And we was talking about that. And, we was talking about the why, why, why are they treated that way when it comes to their family? I was like, I honestly don't understand why, because I stand by this. So who, and he made it make sense in a different way. But I was like, who a person chooses to lay down with and spend their life with has absolutely nothing to do with me. What has to do with me is how they treat me as a person and how I treat them as a person. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying I was like that's the most important part in the song Kendrick was talking about um how his his aunt who is a man now treated him how he taught her taught him how to um like basically first time he was rapping taught him how to pick up girls he was like he's not gay because he's getting girls you know So Mm -hmm. that type of deal. And I was like, you have a point. Anyway, um, (laughs) I know I'm kind of like everywhere with this, man. I think this album was amazing. Uh, I think it was the masterpiece that I was uh, predicting it to be in its own right. I think we're going to see album of the year, maybe. I think Uh that Vince Staple is still pushing
1: it. But uh, <laughs> good album, bro. that Vince uh, staples album was fire, it is. It. it but uh, I'm, I'm mad I didn't get to talk with y'all about that.
0: Yeah, bro. yeah, that's, that's a <laughs> You ain't even put us on it, so <laughs> 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 you know that's my nigga bro. Like, I fuck yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, last thing I want to do before we get out of here, man. Out of Kendrick Lamar's uh albums, me and Steve talked about this briefly. I would put this at number two for me. Damn, then this one. And then Good Kid, Mad City. Um, how would you guys rank his albums? Go ahead, Steve. Because this, oh. this is the last one. So how would you rank his um, Man, albums? This last one, last one. On, on TDE. On TDE. Because I think in the statement he released, he was... He finna do another one. He was Might just gonna, even. you know, he moving on to a, another level to see what else he can possibly do. That's why I think that, that's my understanding, but who knows what exactly he meant until we see it. But now for me, it's good kid Mad City. Then it's this album. Um, uh, okay. I feel like this album elevates, like I said before, I think it elevates good kid Mad City because I think that this is, you know, what I'm saying you see the cre- creative stage he was on. Not just that, but Section 80. We can go back that far. But the creative state that he was on on Good Kid, Mad City, to the journey he took to get into this album and how good it really is, if you're listening to it with a creative, if you listen to it with no judgment, judgment judgment-free zone, and just how it feels and how the creativity is and how good it is, put it up there with Good Kid, Mad City. Um, Up at number two. So, it's Good Kid, Mad City for me. Then it's this one here.
1: Hmm. I like that. I think, uh, I think I think I agree with you. I think I, I like Good Kid, Mad City. Probably still a little bit more. Um, but I think I think it's also just like because I've lived with it for a long time, so. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard for me to be like, oh, this new thing that just came out that I yeah. heard like eight times yeah. is like better than something <laughs> I've heard like a hundred times. Yeah. Um, it's just hard to do that. And maybe in you know 10 years I might rank them differently. But I think that I think it's I, ah, shit, I don't know. Cause I think it's hard to rank his albums for me because I get so much from each one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And like, for me, it starts at Good Kid, Mad City. I mean, Good Kid, Mad City. Um, Section 80, I think I've heard in passing, but I've never like really listened to Section 80. But I've listened to Good Kid, Mad City like thoroughly. And it's, I I feel like it gives you some of the same stuff. It gives you the same like kind of shock value type of stuff. And then it's also just very like matter of fact, I think is how that one is. That one is less, less, analytical than this one. It's not as, um, it's not like analyzing his situation as much as like telling you his situation yeah. on Good Kid, Mad City. Like yeah. on here, it's more like he's reflecting on situations and like telling you like what his thoughts are about him and stuff like that. I think you get little morsels of that in Good Kid, Mad City, where it's like he'll he'll tell you a little bit about his thoughts, but he still kind of got like a detached narrator type of feel to it. Yeah. Um, but this one is more like I'm in this hole and I'm telling you about it at the same time. Yep. Um, yep. So I think, yeah, I, I would say Good Kid, Mad City, then this one. Um, and then like September Butterfly and Damn, come somewhere after that. Yeah. 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 I like yeah. that, man. Um, well, with that being said,
0: I have nothing else. Fire album. If you good. haven't listened to it, go listen to it and then listen to it again. And then, after you listen to it twice, listen to it one more time, man um yeah i just can't I can't be mad at that, like if that's it, you know, for the run at t d e which I thought he was the captain of t d e but you know um I'm satisfied with that with his discography as as so far, so um. I'm looking forward to what's next for Kendrick. I know he's going to do some amazing things if he do anything. It was a five year hiatus, so mm-hmm. we don't know. Um, he definitely is a gem that we have in in the in rap in the rap game today. Um, yeah, so if you guys are good, I'm good. We can go and get out of here, man, and uh okay. finish up this day. Once Peace again, up. guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Speak Geekers podcast. Today, Greg has joined us today. We are yes. so glad to see that man here. Uh, if you haven't already, please go follow us on YouTube, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, three at media studios. Also, subscribe to us on Spotify on Apple Music. Deezer, wherever you listen to uh, podcasts, subscribe to us so you can get the podcast when it comes out. Um, also follow us on social media at speaker gears podcast. You got me on Instagram at I am Tommy T the third. You got Steve at the amazing Steve Smith. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I messed it up. Did I get it right? And then you got G at Barry Made of Wood. Um yeah, man. Also, go check out the this week's playlist, speaker geekers playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. Um, did I miss anything? You guys got anything? The only thing I wanted to add is, is something that we didn't talk talk about, but the art of grieving. Now, y'all said some aha stuff, some stuff that gave me an aha moment. I was like, the very first thing, we grieve different. Every single song was about has some form of grieving within it. Mm. Mm. Never Go back it and that. find that. You, you will see it. Even with the dad who says his mother died, mm-hmm. said his mother died, he just went to work. I got you. I hear you. I see you over there thinking deep thought. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so much within that, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I want, I want, I want a Kendrick and D Smoke though. We won't be able to tell them like, apart, but no, hey, we wouldn't. Give me that. Record. I really thought he was gonna put him on there. Mm. I really did. I really did. I was like, <laughs> D Smoke gonna be on this album, but he was. Shout wasn't. out to Kendrick, man. Shout out to Kend- Kendrick. Gracious. Um. Yeah. With that being said, man, I'm out. Peace. Peace out.